I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Thanks. Uh, so I'm gonna move on to making some money. Like, uh, oh yay! I was ready for you to. I gotta, I gotta, jump into yeah, sales. I gotta talk about sales. I mean, I hate to say, like, it, you but think he's good at talking about mindset? Like, he sales, really sales, gets sales. fired up when he talks about sales. <laughs> and everybody's gonna want to become a salesperson as soon as they're done well, listening. Let me just read you the best <laughs> sales book of all time, real fast. We'll just we'll start with the oh, uh, oh, the Doctor Seuss. I am Sam. Sam, I am. That Sam I am, that Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? No. I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. So why did I say this is the best sales book of all time? Okay. Uh, The bottom line is, is that all of us have seen this or read this book before or had it read to us. And it's about a dude that is trying to get his friend to, to eat green eggs and ham, which obviously the first answer is no. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't want to try green eggs off the bat. Right? right. And so sales is just about overcoming objections. And so you, when you uh, expect an objection, the number one way to overcome an objection is to say it first. Say I, it I say first. this lightly, but the bottom line is, is that if you expect objections, they don't surprise you. It's more of a conversation to, to understand why somebody said no. And then you have something yeah. to talk about. But See, I, first I brought to understand, that as kind of why a, are you saying right. no? Tell me, understand why you're... I brought that as almost a, a joke. I brought the book as almost but a also joke. Not. But also not. Yeah, uh, also not. Obviously, this doesn't need to be in your refined reading list. Uh, but uh, I think that if you take a, a look at it and kind of laugh through it with a, a business partner... What you'll find is that uh, it is, it's one of the best sales books of all time. Did you already say this? Did you say how many times he is told no in the book? Uh, I don't remember the exact number. But it's I like in the say. 40s, right? Yeah, Something that's a like lot. that you've counted it before. Yeah. I also think too, when um, you bring this book up as a sales <laughs> as a sales book, it's memorable, Yeah. Uh, very memorable because who refers to Dr. Seuss and sales, right? Right. Um, which is like a good brain plant. It'll mm-hmm. help them remember like persistence. Be doctor, you know, Dr. Seuss, be persistent. Yep. So 40 I times. Like I mean, most people are told no, no once and they say, okay, and okay. they leave. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky if you find somebody that says no, <laughs> here's no five times. There's a book actually called Go for No, yeah. which is actually yeah. worth referencing, which is kind of a tie into that. Go for No is, you know, salespeople in general usually they have a sales goal, like they're going to get a lead today or whatever they're trying to do, or they're going to get a deal today. And it's such a bad mindset because you can't ever be in the zone. And so when I talk about being in the zone, right, you think about uh, you've seen people get hot in basketball 
where uh, all of a sudden they can shoot from anywhere on the on the um, court and they just don't miss. They're just lights out. Well, if their goal was to make three baskets that day and they made their third basket in the first quarter and then they just stopped, they would never be able to be in, uh, have the opportunity to be in the zone, right? So uh, what Gopher No is more about is you've got to set a goal for how many no's that you get. So if your goal starting the day was, I'm going to get 40 no's today. I'm what a beautiful no's. shift of I'm mind. Get, right. I'm going to get 40 no's today. Because I know if I get 40 no's, I'm probably going to get some freaking yeses. But, <laughs> yes. but what usually happens is when you get in the zone, all of a sudden it's it's like you get way more sales than you really thought you were going to get. Way more leads. Yeah. You're going to sell way more lemonade if you're a kid listing this. Yeah. Like set a goal of how many times you're going to be told No. And then once you're you at that, that number, then you can be good for the day. That yes is right around the corner. That's right. I just had this conversation with well, the, Matt. Well, the green, the green uh, army men. There you go. I was telling Matt the other day, I'm like, hey, like invite people to say no to you because yep. that means you're so close to a yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my first sales mentor, a guy named Mike Arredondo, uh, was the one that told me that I had to get 10 green army men. And and you guys all remember the, the army men. They're the, the bayonet guy and the bazooka yeah. guy and the... Uh, gr- grenadier and the prone position guy. And anyways, um, you know, rule of sale is you, you have 10 talk twos, you're going to get three maybes and you're going to get one deal out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of basic sales. And every lead source has a different conversion ratio, but 10-3-1 is a pretty normal, you know, cold call to activity, right? So what I would do is I'd have my 10 army men on my desk and I started banging the phones. And back in the day, I would literally make calls out of phone books or lead lists that that are truly cold, cold, I mean, cold, cold. This is for insurance sales. As cold as it gets. And, but, I, but I loved it because almost never did I get through all 10. You know, I killed my little army guys. Nope, cool. <laughs> nope, cool. Another one gone. Because I knew that, hey, I've only got five left, so I'm about to get a yes anytime now. So close. And then when I get a yes, I'd set them all back up again. And almost yeah. never would I get through all 10 before I'd get a yes, right? Uh, but things like go for no... Uh, I, uh, that's, those are powerful books for the basics of salespeople. Um, by the way, uh, I've said this before. I think we've said this before. I'm making all my kids be waiters and, and bartenders. They're going to like required to get a dollar out of me after age 18. Mm. You will be waiters, waitresses, and bartenders. Service industry. For sure. Just Service learn. industry. And then right. you, you got to find out what the, you know, uh, talk to the boss. If you're a waiter or bartender listening right now, like ask your boss, hey, if I sell X number of the most expensive thing on the menu today, can I get a bump? You know, as in an extra bonus. I was going to say, be very careful in the Especially restaurant industry. In that restaurant industry. <laughs> you might not want right. that. That's very true. You don't know what kind of bump you're going to get. It could be anywhere up. from a fist bump to a bump in salary. We'll, we'll just say that. Welcome to 2020, okay? Um, but yeah, for real, it's like, you know, set some sales goals and sell yeah. or or like how many how much are you going to get in tips today? That's how I would, you know, we've talked about, I would never really take the cut ever on a yep, shift. Um, yep. And, but I would also watch my sales because I knew, I mean, I was a 20% or better kind of tip earner. Okay. Right. So I would just look at my sales. And so I would always know, okay, well, I've made about X amount of money and tips. That's funny. So am I like, how many more hours do I need to do this? Or it's, or how much can I expect if I say all night right. on this trajectory, I'm going to be making X amount when I'm, by the right. time I'm out of here. And that kind of also going to sales, uh, probably required reading on most sales companies list would be Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world. We have not talked about this in so long. Yep. Yeah, and I it's really, worth pulling I back really, out. Yeah, that it really one, is. Look how worn that book is. I mean, 
Yeah, so Og Mandino's greatest salesman in the world. Um, There's 10 basically, you know, rules uh, or um, uh, commandments that they kind of go through in the book. Uh, At the time that this one was published, it was over 2 million sold already and, and climbing, but Bottom line is, is that the, if I was to really zero it down and there's different variations of a lot of books to say the same thing, it really comes down to, if you help people get what they want, you're going to get plenty of what you want, right? Mm. Um, and the rare it, air. Yes, it's re- exactly. It's called rare air. Which is um, take the stairs, right? Uh, that- no, rare air was from. I thought that was from take the stairs. It might've been in there too. Actually, it might be in there too, but it's in a it's in a lot of books. But but what it's about uh, when you think about that concept is where most people get in trouble. So think about this in all areas, right? Where most people get in trouble is that they they go approach people with what they want in mind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is the wrong way to approach relationships, right? Uh, if you approach relationships from a position of how can I help you? How can I help you get what you want yeah. out of life uh, and out of business or out of whatever? then certainly more comes your way. And that's not like a karma thing. That's just the truth. Right. Uh, it's what happens. If, if people clearly are going to appreciate you, love you, and listen to you more, if you are uh, honestly helping them with, what they, with their marriage or with their business or with their own sales, right? Well, and think about the difference in mindset, talking about sales yep. and you're making calls. Um, think about calling. Okay, so if we're most, like most, the, what we're trying to get out of a sale or a sales call is an appointment. That's what we need. What a shift in dynamic of the phone call and mindset all around. If your, your script says something like, I'm interested in meeting with you because I want to figure out how we can partner to, for me to figure out how I can help you get what you want in your business. Right. Okay. Like (laughs) a little more likely to take the appointment than I want to see, I want to take you to coffee so I can try to earn your business. Yep. Because that's what I need. I'll give you a great, we've talked about this before, but there's a great example where in most, for whatever reason, business partners don't work together well. Like meaning CPAs and financial planners, attorneys and insurance agents, uh, you know, mortgage lenders. We all have the same information. We're asking the same questions, but most do not commingle and try to help each other's businesses. They just don't, right? And um, starting a couple of years ago, what I've been really focused on is when I, when I have my conversation with a client, uh, I do believe that if you're buying a house, you need to have a CPA, at least for this year, because there's a lot of things you can write off. I do mm-hmm. believe that I know required by law in Texas, that if you're going to buy a house, you need insurance. You insurance. So I know a great insurance I guy and I'd love to help him with his business and help my client with, with great insurance. And, yeah. you know, I know for sure in my professional belief that if you're not going to die in that house, you should put less money down when rates are as low as they are, mm-hmm. which means don't dump your life savings to do it. You can borrow for a house. You can't borrow for retirement. If you don't have a financial planner and don't know what to do with it, let me introduce you to my financial planner. Well, just as that little example, that thought process goes through my head with about eight different people mm-hmm. with every client I meet, yeah. right? So is this a good fit for my insurance guys? Is this a good fit for my CPA? Is this a good fit for my financial planner? Is this a good fit for my attorney? Um, and so on, uh, another realtor, another builder, right? Yeah. And the whole idea is that the purpose of it is not for me to get a loan, right? I've done enough of them. It's I don't the need byproduct. anymore, right? It's it, the byproduct of taking great care of the client and helping them get more of what they want, be mm-hmm. t- better financially protected, helping my business partners get what they want. I will probably most likely end up closing, closing that deal too, right? Yeah. 
but and thinking about how favorable of a feeling they're going to have every time they think about getting their mortgage or having that conversation yeah. or or whatever. It's a we, consultation at that it's point. It's a consultation and the things that we have the ability to learn about somebody when they're getting a mortgage yeah. are really positive and impactful things. Like getting them hooked up mm -hmm. with a CPA for their first year to write like that's that's a big that's a great positive yep. like they're going to feel the benefits. A lot of people of don't that. take action not because they don't know they should, it's because they don't know where to start. Absolutely. Right, so just making introductions. Be the leader lead them just call this person call this person yeah i yep. love it in, in my professional opinion I, I believe most salespeople are overpaid uh which is interesting to say but i do believe it uh because i don't think that most sales most not all i don't think that most salespeople give the level of consultation mm -hmm. that they should for what they're making right yeah um, like i always tell i'll just give a great example real estate is a great example in my opinion uh there's there's like 13,000 agents in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like 4,000 sales a month. So the odds of getting a great realtor yeah. is low. Um, there's a lot of nice people in real estate. I love a lot of people, mm -hmm. but there's about 100, maybe 50 that are exceptional realtors in San Antonio, yeah. right? And so, which takes practice to be right. an exceptional we'll love real 10, estate. hours for anything. Like, don't. Which means you gotta like be doing transactions on the regular. Yeah, to multiple, be getting your practice multiple in. a month. Right. You don't <laughs> yes. want to be. I don't. Don't practice on me with your surgery. Please like, please have ten thousand surgeries before you have a, right. surgeries under your But belt. the reason why I why I say that is um, from a standpoint of what level of advice or, or is that realtor getting so. People know that realtors make 3%, mm -hmm. right? Uh, sales prices have been going up nationwide. So let's just say the average sales price in San Antonio is approaching 300,000. Mm -hmm. 3% of 300,000 is $9,000, right? That's a lot of money. Um, and by the way, I always use realtors when I buy properties and I always let them get full commission when I buy properties because when... It's you don't need a realtor to write a contract. It's when shit goes wrong right. that you need a good realtor and they're worth their weight in gold. Exactly. But I'm just using this as an example because I think most people listening can resonate with, well, what does that realtor really get for it? Because they just open a lot of doors. No, no, no. Um, if you so negotiate like a 1% difference in sales price, yeah, could be the difference of you making an extra $5,000 on the sale of your property, mm -hmm. uh, overpaying by 10,000 on the purchase of the property, uh, not having a great inspector that found a problem so you didn't buy a property that was going to cost you 25000 bucks, yeah. or somebody trying to uh, get out of a contract that they're legally binded to do mm -hmm. and a great realtor knows how to handle the situation. So but was, what I'm uh, saying is, is that- The one that I love hearing realtors say is I will never let you purchase a house that I can't sell in five years for yep. you. And if the realtor's not doing a, enough is not getting enough practice right. and not in tune enough with the market, they're not gonna know that. Yep, it's you, just the truth. It's, and so, uh, you know, I see tax returns for a living and I see, uh, you know, lawyers' tax returns and I see doctors' tax returns, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so, by the way, this there's a lot of bad loan officers, there's a lot of bad realtors, there's a lot of bad salespeople in all professions, insurance agents, everybody, this is what I'm trying to get at. And that's why I say most salespeople are overpaid is I don't find that most salespeople give lawyer level advice right. or doctor level advice to justify that big commission, right? Um, so when you find somebody that is giving lawyer level advice or doctor level advice, they're 
not just accepting, like I'm a doctor's son. Unfortunately, I self-diagnose a lot. It doesn't mean that I'm always right. Okay. So you think about, oh, I I, I looked up on Zillow and this house worth this. Correct. I want to make an offer this. And the realtor says, yeah, go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, ah, uh, I think it's overpriced by 30,000 bucks. We probably shouldn't do that. Right. That's the thing. The, That's the difference. The professionals are willing to say the things that will not make them money or risk the relationship. Yeah, right. Like, absolutely. I know you want to do this. I can't do this for you because it's, not it's it's not in line like it's not going to work or yeah whatever the person that is. thinks your house is worth a million bucks and it's worth not a dollar over two hundred right. right like the person that's saying like I am willing to lose your business because that's how firmly I believe in my ability to price accurately or negotiate or whatever like that's the person you want yep you that's should be exactly like right. sign me up yep, that's, that's right who, that's who and I want to that, use that's where but that that's what goes back to that concept of rare error rare error is defined as doing stuff for people that doesn't make you money. Right, finding ways to help people that doesn't make you money, mm-hmm. and so whether that's advice, introductions, uh, referrals, finding ways to do it. You know, there's a book that's also not up here that is probably in the top twenty for me. Um, it's by Keith Ferrazzi. It's called Never Eat Alone, mm-hmm. and uh, I reference that every once in a while. But Never Eat Alone. But guess what it's about? Mm-hmm. It's like Take Never Eat Alone. Someone <laughs> right? to lunch every Be with somebody, day. Right? Jason Bragg told but, me that on my first day. Yeah. Of so, but what Never Eat Alone is really about, if I was going to condense a couple hundred pages down to a few, is this guy Keith Ferrazzi is a, uh, I believe he was a tennis pro. If I'm not mixing books in my head, I think he was a tennis pro when he was growing up, and he was worked at a at a, a pretty elite um, country club. And what he so he's a tennis pro, but what he paid attention to was like what everyone did. So this guy did this, this guy did this, this guy's a builder, this, this guy's a plumber. Well, maybe I should introduce the builder to the plumber, right? The yeah. book actually that is on the table that we want to talk about is called Mr. Schmooze. It's oh. the same concept, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get plenty of what you want. So what Mr. Schmooze is about is the ultimate book, true story, but it's got fictional names. It's a true... Yes, and it's important it. to know that um, the author is yeah. Mr. Schmooze. I did not know that. Yep. I thought it was. I thought it was completely fictional. I got to listen to him at Interlink one time. Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, so, anyways, it's it's this is real real stuff. By Richard Abraham. It's but Mister Schmooze by Richard Abraham. To me, this is like the holy grail of keeping relationships. <laughs> of keeping relationships. Or building them to a higher level. Building, but it also becomes like the, to be this person and to like live this way all the time is so incredible to me and so fascinating. So tell us what the story's about. So the here's my version of it. I don't do near as good as a job as doing the cliff notes and reader digest as Josh does. You're very <laughs> good at it, which is probably the reason I have like I've started so many, but I'm like, I, I feel like I know what happens because Josh is really good at explaining these. Um I have read a lot of them. But so Schmooze, Mr. Schmooze is basically every conversation that he has with somebody, he's figuring one, he's, it starts with listening. So he has very intent listening skills and he is always trying to find the connection, either find a connection, really not just for him, but find a connection for that person to help them accomplish whatever they're trying to do, whatever goal they have. Um, 
that comes in forms of, you know, I think the example is, um, you know, he eats breakfast every morning at the Ritz Carlton and Georgia, I think in Atlanta, Georgia, you may need to take over because you're a better storyteller, but, um, you know, knowing the waiter, knowing the valet, knowing, um, everything about the, the waitresses and being able to connect through, yeah, keep, build out the story. No, it's pretty good. So it's basically a story about an intern that shows up on his first day at work and it's a big company and the intern, most people that go to work at a big company never meet the boss. True story, right? Yeah. So, but the intern's first meeting is with the boss who is Mr. Schmooze, right? And he takes him to And it. so he said, hey, I've been waiting for you. He knows his name. He knows his alma mater, what school he went to, all this stuff. He's like, I want to go, let's go ahead and go have breakfast together. So they show up at breakfast and he's already prepared. He's called ahead and the valet, mm-hmm. the the waitress, the everybody, the maitre d', they all know. Know his name. Not but, only the Mr. Schmooze by name, they know the intern by and name. the intern by name, Because he had right. proactively called him and said, hey, this guy's a very important guest mm-hmm. of mine. I want to make sure that you take great care of him mm-hmm. and so on, right? Uh, and he sits down at the same table every single day. And at the same table, uh, it's the first table that you can see the entrance to the restaurant at mm-hmm. the Ritz-Carlton. And so everyone that comes in, they see him, he sees them. And he, even though it was just the two of them, he had a table for like six or eight. And so as people were coming and going, uh, he'd bring them in. So that example of like a builder and a plumber, sure. he'd invite them down and say, oh, by the way, you're a plumber, you're right? A plumber, and you're a builder, right? Like you guys need to meet. <laughs> but on top of that, where the schmooze part coming into the building relationship, I love that you pointed out listing skills because listing skills are, in my opinion, the number one determinant of a great salesperson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, ask enough questions, people will tell you what they want. And then if you can fill the need, great. Uh, if you can't, don't sell them. <laughs> it's really imp- easy. But what Mr. Schmooze then does is through his listing skills, he finds what's important to somebody yes. and he's a fabulous gifter. Gifter. Right. So for example, I think in one of the stories, uh, one of the Something guys he's talking golf. to, yeah, his the son, golf. it's not him, his it's son yes. likes or is a aspiring golfer. Yeah. So he sends over a, uh, a lesson with a golf pro yes. and custom balls yes. and invites the gentleman along with his son to make sure that they get that connection, right? Yeah. Um, when he leaves every appointment, the first thing that he does is he makes notes, uh, a handwritten thank you card mm-hmm. and um, has a secretary in the book, but we, you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. He figures out what's a great gift I could follow up personal with. That's a touch, personal touch. Based on our conversation. Exactly right. That yeah. will, this says, hey, I, I, I heard you and I care. Yes. Um, there's four parts to a sale that's probably worth noting, right? Initial contact, we talked about once, lots of army men, kill them, right? So talk to more people than the next person you're going to do just fine. Building rapport, this is a book about building rapport, Mm -hmm. right? And follow-up. Absolutely, and follow-up. So building rapport second, closing skills is third. I'm a reference, uh, a really important one, which is Never Split the the Difference by Chris Voss, which is a negotiation skills book. Um, and then follow up, right? So what Mr. Schmooze is really about is how do you build rapport mm-hmm. by showing people that you care, yes. not telling people you care, showing people that you care. And I think the the thing there is if <clears throat> if he knows that part of his follow up process is to send a token from their meeting, he's got to find something 
that he can use or buy or gift as that token. Yep. So how does that change your perspective of the way you conduct the meeting? You're, yeah, you're not mining. trying to you're not trying to throw up and tell him all about you. You pick me, pick me, right. pick me. You're like ask, you have to ask like, are you married? Do you have kids? What do you, what do, you do for fun? What's a bucket right? list trip? Yeah. What do you want? You know, it's the best. I mean, so you're. It changes the dynamic of everything. Yep. And of everything. people work with people they know, like, and trust. And people like talking about themselves. They absolutely. And they like you more if they talk about themselves more, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me. And something I really like is for in my personal world is I like to find the undertones. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't, I try to avoid like the really big obvious stuff. Like, oh, I love, I love wine. I don't want to go get them wine. I want that. I want to get them, you know, a a glass that they've never tried before, or this is my favorite wine glass because of this. And so maybe you'll enjoy that while you drink your favorite wine, blah, 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 because I was listening. Um, and also I do want to point out too, that, you know, probably a lot of, if you're listening to this and you heard the example of schmooze, and it's a golf pro and okay, that's a very expensive gift. Yep. I cannot stress enough that the cost doesn't, doesn't matter. matter at all. Can I give an example? Please. So I got a gift in the mail from one of my best buddies who knows that I kind of buy what I want. So I don't yeah. really, it's hard to shop for me. You are very hard to and buy for. And well, all he did was he got on my Facebook page and my wife's Facebook page and snooped about 25 different pictures. Mm-hmm. And use an online blanket oh, the making. Blanket, yes. And the blanket has 20 pictures of me, my friends, and my kids, and my wife. And it's my favorite blanket in my house. I mean, and I've copied it and sent it. Uh, super I've sent things thoughtful. To other, yeah, it's like super thoughtful. You know, it's it's different. It's it shows that you took some time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When I went to order from like other people, it's like twenty five bucks. Right. It's not the most expensive it's, thing in the world. Right. Absolutely. Um, there's actually, and I want to point out because I want to make sure you tie this back to making money, saving money, because it's a money conversation, sure. yeah. right? There's a. Uh, there's a movie that's really not a great example of how to make money. It's called Wall Street. It's a really famous movie from the 80s uh, with Charlie uh, Sheen. We went Charlie on a team Sheen. outing. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That's a Wolf oh, of Wall Street. Oh, the Wolf Street. of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good movie. That is what we That is that's very, not, very, yeah. very accurate on what we did for a team outing yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Wolf of, sorry, Wall Street with Charlie Sheen and uh, the other Douglas, Michael Douglas. I've never even heard I've of it. I've referenced Douglas twice. Uh, you have to. It's one of yeah. the best movies of all time. Anyways, um, my, so Charlie Sheen is an aspiring stockbroker, okay? And uh, there's a movie that Will Smith did recently as well, uh, something about happiness. Pursuit of happiness? Pursuit of happiness. Uh, but not recently. Pursuit, but uh, yeah, I'm old. It's okay. It's so recently it's like for really me. It's like, lot, I think it's like 10, 20 years old, right? <laughs> I, for me, Anyways. it's perspective. Like it's not that long ago, right? <laughs> It's, it's since college for me. So Pursuit of <laughs> Happiness, another example, right? You got these two rookies. You got Will Smith in one movie. You got Charlie Sheen in another movie. Yeah. And they were aspiring stockbrokers. And they've got to figure out a way to get the, you know, build their books of business. What they both do in both movies is they say, screw the, like starting at the bottom and chasing little people. We're going to go for the big dogs, right? Well, in the movie with Charlie Sheen, the big dog in the city that he wants to work for is Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas is this playboy billionaire that's making millions and millions and millions of bucks. And uh, he's called him again and again and again and can't get a meeting with him. He called 100 days in a row, okay, according to the movie. But how did he get the meeting with Michael Douglas is what's interesting. It's Mr. Schmooze. He called the secretary, found out um, what his birthday was, 
and found out what his cigars were they liked to smoke. Boom. And he just showed up with cigars on his birthday. And Michael Douglas says, okay, kid, you got five minutes. You got five minutes. Right. That reminds me of my Rick Ruby story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) With the donuts. Absolutely. (laughs) That worked for you, too. Um, But yeah, so guys, what what I'm trying to get at is don't think of like, if you're a not a salesperson, like chime out. No. No. If you want to pursue a CPA or a rich person that you just want to get to know better, uh, to learn, um, for a, or maybe a mentor or a coach, or you want to just make someone's freaking day, That's whether the it's the neighbor down the street that you feel like deserves some love in her life. Yep. That's exactly right. What's funny is that, uh, we hear like, especially if you've got a little bit of means every once in a while, somebody say something's like, man, I'd like to get that one day or, or I'd like to go there one day. Going there is a great one to hear because you can always buy a, a coffee table book. Yes. So if you find out somebody's bucket list to go to Hawaii, yeah. get a coffee table book of Hawaii and write inside the, in the description that says, hey, I really hope to, to help you get there one day. I, like, I love you know, that. Just, or buy a little piggy bank, like a little bitty piggy bank and say, you know, like mark it out. This is your Hawaii, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii bucket fund, list. Trip. Yeah. You know, 20 year anniversary trip yes, savings count. Right. Yeah. So we'll move on from Mr. Schmooze. We're done with uh, Dr. I, I do feel like it's important that I say this. Um, the best one of the top 10 most best moments of my life. So Josh was the, uh, one of the keynote speakers for Interlink. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And he somehow got me on the agenda to speak. Um so we both went and did our did our talks and 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 did our speeches. And one of the other keynote speakers was, don't you know, da da da, Mr. Schmooze. Yeah. He's cool to hear him. So I did my uh my speech and it was on uh the marketing calendar, obviously. Well, I did not know that Mr. Schmooze was in the audience. He was in the audience. Then he referenced me and my speech by name when he did his speech. I like nearly passed out. And then we got to have drinks with him. That's when I learned he was a real person and not, or like that he was Schmooze and it wasn't like a fictional person. (laughs) So anyways. Um, so speaking of that, then we'll talk about other books. Uh, uh, let's talk about other books that really resonate. So, um, going back to mindset, I'll talk about my favorite book of 2018. I guess it was. Okay. Favorite book, which is not here on the table because I gave away 30 of them. You'd asked about it recently. <laughs> uh, but my favorite book of the year for sure was Take the Stairs by Rory Vaden. Yeah. Uh, R-O-R-Y-V-A. You talked about that book so much and so often that didn't he contact you? Didn't the... Hey, called me and said, uh, I don't know how you did it, but you but there's a spike in sales that we can attribute directly to you. Um, and you've been talking, you know, you've been coaching on it and yeah. this and this and that. Did you ever go and meet him? Wasn't it? No, he was in Nashville uh, last time I checked, and and uh, we're supposed to. He had made the invitation next time I'm up there. I've had an office up there. So next we time need up there, to just set follow, that up. We need to follow through on that. Yep, I need to do that. But yeah, so uh, take the stairs by Rory Vaden. What I like about the book is a lot of books that are self help books, and a, you know a lot of these books fall into that category self help. They are either books that are super meaty and like. Uh, intentional and tactical mm-hmm. and boring and hard to read, right? Or they're uh, books that are storytelling and uh, fun and easy to read, right? but sometimes lack tactics, right? So, yeah, so a book right. like Mastering the Rockefeller ha- Habits by, by Vern Harnish is probably one of the best known 
business building books that you will have to read 20 times to understand everything, right? It's more like a uh, textbook. It's a textbook, right? So it's on my list because I own a business. And so for me, it's an important book to read if you're a business owner. I'm not gonna go a lot of detail on it because, but it will for sure make your company more money if you follow the principles of the Rockefeller yeah. Habit. What Rory Vaden's book is more about is telling a story that you can learn something from, right? Yeah. So um, there's two big things I talk about all the time that came out of the book. I think it was the first or second chapter and then also the written axiom. But uh, the law of commitment is the first thing I talk about all the time. And the, and this goes to... I, love, I actually love this. Yeah, so law of commitment. Think about it in terms of... Um, a lot of people say they want to get out of debt, but their actions do not say they want to get out of debt. They're not that freaking committed. A lot of people say they want to get the raise or the... Uh, or the new title, but they're not willing to learn the skills required to get the raise or get the new title, right? Yeah. So it's a really a big, uh, it's a big, uh, you know, ideas, whoever's most committed wins, right? Uh, and so the law of commitments about these two attorneys, <laughs> there's two attorneys and they're leaving the courthouse and they're talking to each other and one's on the phone and they're going to the urinal, excuse me, ladies, but the, uh, the two guys go into the urinal and uh, right when uh, the one guy's putting his uh, phone in his pocket. He starts to pee in the urinal and he pulls his hand back out. A $5 bill flops in the urinal. And he's peeing all over it. And his friend sees it and starts laughing. He's like, ha ha, what are you going to do? And uh, and the attorney doesn't flinch. He reaches into his wallet, pulls out, I think in the book it says $50 bill, um, and throws a $50 bill in on top of the, the $5 bill and keeps on peeing. And the, the attorney's like, what in the hell are you doing? And the first attorney says, well, you didn't think I was going to reach in there for five bucks, did you? For 55 bucks, I certainly will. Uh, and that's up, that's up, the law of up. commitment. I, and I, but that's how the- I love that. Such a good, good, good description. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where the book has lots of examples like that about what it takes to be successful, which you can apply to anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, which but is the where most, it's tactical and storytelling. Right. So use the story, combo. which is always memorable to tie in a real yeah. earth shattering idea. Like my favorite thing in the whole book is called the rent axiom. Yeah. And uh, I've, I, to the day I die, I'll, I'll always reference it. The rent axiom says success is not owned, it's rented and the rent is due every day. Yeah. And uh, I love that idea of, uh, I'm not successful because of what I did last year. Like, or yesterday. Or yesterday, Let's like what real. the hell are we Let's doing today, today, right? Like, did you pay the rent today? Mm -hmm. In fact, I made most of my company and lots of people I coach literally put a reminder on their calendar at five o'clock every day. It just says, did you pay the rent? Yeah. So think about losing weight, right? New Year's resolution this year for 2021. I'm going to lose 10 pounds by January 31st, yeah. right? Okay, cool. What does that look like? Well, I'm going I'm to work out an hour every single day, mm -hmm. okay? And of course, eat right. Well, at five o'clock, if that popped up and said, did I pay the rent? Did you pay the rent? You have a visceral gut reflex action that says the truth. Yeah. Yes, I did for sure. Or no, I really didn't, which gives you a few more hours in the day to get it done yeah. or stop lying to yourself. Yeah. And that's what I love about that. That is, is it makes that it's the same reason why I believe when people are really struggling with debt, they have to go to some sort of cash budget Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it's just so much harder to part with a $20 bill at a grocery store 
than to swipe for the two dollar uh, gum. You know, I don't want to break my twenty dollars. Yeah, just I'll keep my twenty bucks. I don't need yeah, to. Yeah, the break worst that thing up. you can ever do is break hundred. Yeah, because then <laughs> it's never a two dollar <laughs> twenty five cent uh, uh, piece of gum. It's three dollars <laughs> because we lose the change. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's so true. So it's just oh my gosh, that's so true. That book is such a great read uh, in one. so many ways as far as how to stay the course, which helps with the grit. Right, they all kind of tie together for me. Um, in the pursuit of whatever the better thing is for you, right? Um, now remember, don't make your happiness tied to if you achieve, right? Like one thing that uh, one of my pastors told me the other day that I'm just happy told me and not too late since my kids are still at home is I was bad about saying, and this is weird for me to say, but you'll, but you'll, you'll be like, really? Oh, that makes sense. I've been bad about saying when somebody achieve when my, when my kids achieve, like when they get straight A's or mm-hmm. they get a home, uh, not a home, one home run, but Mason got a home run. Um, hey, that's first strikeout, right? First strikeout, things like that. I'd say, buddy, I'm so proud of you, right? And that's the wrong thing to say. Um, what you're supposed to be d- proud the of is the daily yeah, action. The actions of it. I'm so proud of the work that you put in. I'm happy when it pays off. For I am you. so glad that you said that because I had that. <clears throat> cemented in my head for a very long time. And I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah. I wonder if I like, I wonder if I have been doing that all along because it was really important to me or if I need to like revisit, I'm going to have to like retrace some of the steps I've taken. Yeah, with my kids. I'm proud of the behaviors, the behavior. I, I'm happy when it pays off for you, but I'm proud of the behavior. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my love is not conditional on, on performance. Yeah. Right. Which is what you're saying when you're saying I'm proud of you. Think about that with your, teammates and your mm-hmm. employees too, right? Yeah. When it feels like you suck because you haven't gotten the results and your boss only yeah. says, I'm proud of you when, when you, you achieve, then yeah. it's a, it becomes a problem. So that I, is by the way, I'm not a, like congratulating. And I want to be really clear. I am not a participation trophy guy at all. In fact, when I coach kids, I literally tell the parents up front, like right. we win or we don't. And I'm not going right. to kid people. Right. Um, that is such a testament to, um, what when in the dark is about, um, and pound the stone and take, and, yeah, it's about appreciating the, stairs, the grind. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Hey, you know, so kid brings home, you know, a straight A report card. It's not, I am so proud of you for getting straight A's. It's, I am so proud that you spent time every single day doing homework, spending time reading and yeah. doing the homework and getting it in on time yeah. like that. So that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the behaviors and sports and stuff like that. I'm just so proud that you got up and did this. I'm so proud. I'm so glad you put in that extra hour yep. of of batting practice this month because look where it got you. Yep, that's exactly right. I'm so glad you reminded me of that. I, I'm going to have to go and back and do some. <laughs> I'm going to have to be paying attention moving forward on my verbiage. I know we only have so, about 10 minutes left. So I'm going to finish up with uh, a couple last books that are must reads. Um, the Energy Bus is a very, very important book. And the reason why it's by John Gordon, J-O-N Gordon. This is actually one of the very first business books I ever read. Yep. It's a uh, required reading. I, I don't know if you remember, it. but we give it to yeah. every new mm-hmm. employee, right? Yeah. So I got I give this at Raving the- Fans by Ken Blanchard and the Energy Bus to all new employees of my team. And then on top of that, if I have a manager, they get uh, engaged leadership. But um, yeah, they gave us that at Independence Title, like back. Really? So that was what, 12 or 13 years ago. That was 15, 17. And they get, <laughs> what? 15, 17 years ago, maybe 20. No, <laughs> just, no. Trying to, just trying to age you a little bit. You're going to catch no. up. Don't you worry. I know you're a spring chicken. But I, I like, I, 
yeah, it was one of the first ones that I read. Yeah, so, so the good. energy bus is basically is it's the story of a guy that's about to lose his family, about to lose his job, about to get fired because he had a bad freaking attitude every day. He's Eeyore. And uh, they oh, refer wow. to guys like this, and you might be this person. So pay attention as energy vampires. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy or girl. Hashtag don't be that guy. Yeah, energy vampires are the devil. They are the and devil. And a lot of times people don't realize they are until it's pointed out to them. So give yourself a little bit of grace if you've been bad. You still you get to change today. But if someone's but told you you are, fix and you that then shit. still are. Yes. So what the energy bust uh, it really gets narrowed down to is, and this goes back to in my belief. So it's about people working with you or for you or you work for other people. It's a company book. But I absolutely believe this comes back to a lifestyle choice of who you hang with, right? Gosh, so yeah. uh, the book, I think it's chapter seven. Double check this one. Maybe I'm right on this one. Let's see. I think chapter seven is- See if you uh, can overcome the massive failure of page 67 right. from earlier. No, it, it's it's rule seven. <laughs> it might not be chapter, it's rule seven. But the it's it, it's uh, getting invitations. I, I can invite you on my bus, right? And so we, um, you're invited to be part of my happy bus ride or you can disinvite yourself is what it comes down to. Uh, I really believe you must be around positive people uh, in all areas. So think about this. Um, if you hang out with, like I'm a dude, if I hang out with a bunch of guys on our guys nights that are all happily married, it will absolutely help my marriage. Absolutely. If I help uh, hang out with a bunch of dudes that all they do is complain about their wife, I'm going to start to complain about my wife, right? If I hang out around a lot of fat people, I'm going to Ding, ding, ding. You, right? you got it, it right. Seven? Total right. redemption. Redemption. Usually I, <laughs> photography, usually I have photographic memory. I like this is the, the last one bugged me. I was off by 10 pages. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you hang out with a bunch of fat people, you're going to gain weight. If you hang out with a bunch of healthy people, you're going to lose weight. I mean, if you, it's cool to be the skinniest you hang person out with, with a bunch of fat people. Right? Uh, if, you, if you hang out with people that make money, earn money, save yeah. money, talk about money in a healthy manner, you will gain wealth, right? And so to me, it, the energy bus, the 10 rules to fuel your life, work, and team with positive energy is so much about you are who you hang with and it all starts with a choice. Yeah. Like you get to choose your attitude and it sounds cliche, but especially once you're not in charge of just yourself, like once you get married, you are a leader of your family. Once you have, and this wife, husbands and wives, mm -hmm. once you have kids, you are a leader of children. Once you're in a department, you're a leader within the department. My secretary is a leader for my entire team. I was going to say, sometimes you're a leader and it you don't even positional. know it. Like yeah. It, it. Yeah. It's, it's not positional. Positional leadership is positional. like the military mm -hmm. and you have bad leaders that are just anointed because they've been in right. longer, right? Um and by the way, that's not a blanket statement. Obviously, there's very awesome leaders of at course, all ranks, right? Course, yeah, but absolutely. The the idea of no one can script my day but me. I no one can that. make me have a bad day but me. Mm -hmm. I have a bad circumstance or uh, or something bad happened. Yeah, but it was an instant. It, a moment uh, it's in bad time. Moments. It's not bad days. Yeah, and that's Weeks the, the positivity you must choose that will get yeah. you further in freaking life. Yeah, and so when I see my kids get down on themselves or uh, somebody on my team get down on themselves, my number one job is to smile, exude gratitude, mm -hmm. and help them do the same. Mm -hmm. And I can do that, like, I'm never gonna divorce my kids, ever. But I will divorce people on my team or in my company over time 
if they can't keep that in check because it poisons the well. That energy vampire, it's not just you having a bad day. You are poisoning every person every you come in contact person. with. So if that's not you, but you're friends with somebody that seems to always be that way, that's always drama. I hate the word drama. Mm-hmm. Remove them from your life. Now give them some grace early. Give them some opportunities to fix it. For sure. But then move on. Like remove people from your life that don't fit the bill. What's really what's really interesting about this is uh, the more people you can get on board or on your bus, on your energy <laughs> bus, the people that are not or the people that are energy vampires, like the seat disappears yep. and they basically choose themselves off the bus because it doesn't feel good. Like there's nothing worse than going in expecting to talk shit about somebody with another person and they don't engage back. Like it's one-sided shit talking is not fun. Do you know what the Darwin Awards are? Have you heard of this before? Yes, I have. Okay, so let me remind you. Yeah, I know. So Darwinism is about evolution, right? And so the Darwin Awards are kind of sick and twisted, but they are awarded to people that, were kind enough to deselect themselves from the human race <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> by doing stupid stuff to kill themselves. Yes. Um, and it's it's a real thing. You can look it up. Yes, but it is. the reason why I say that as a joke here is what you're saying is so true. If you've got a lot of healthy chickens mm-hmm. and you've got one sick chicken, the healthy chickens yeah. will kill the sick chicken. Yeah. They'll peck him to death. Yeah. And that they will deselect themselves from that positive energy. Mm-hmm. They will deselect Absolutely. themselves from the groove, and it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. I mean, it eliminates step a lot of- Step up or step out. Absolutely. But it, it does take some work to get everybody there because mm-hmm. initially when someone goes in to talk bad about somebody else on the yep. team, if they're not, if, if you haven't been talking about this, if you haven't been training and preparing and setting expectations, then they jump on board and- Easy to them, engage, yeah. Absolutely. And then yep. next thing you know, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's- it's very toxic it's and it spreads really fast. It's, so hard you have, to t- it's hard to turn the tide. It is. It is. And so this is... Mandatory reading for any so company good. Yeah, it's or so any good. bad apples. Just give it to them. If you if you have a friend that's got a bad attitude, just give them the book and say, "This you, you should read this. Take a hint. Yeah. Just read this <laughs> book. After you read it, we'll talk about it. If, we, right. if you do not read the book, don't call me. Here's your sign. Right? <laughs> Here's your sign. This is my way of... I loved this. This was great. I'm going to list off a few just because they're on the desk. It's worth talking about. We can go into more details later. But if you're looking for a leadership book specifically, um, the Leadership Handbook by John Maxwell. Maxwell is known as a leadership guru. Engaged yeah. Leadership by Swindle, S-W-I-N-D-A-L-L is so important because it talks about how do you get maximum engagement. Engaged employees produce two to one. Uh, a, a, uh, I'm sorry, actively engaged employees uh, produce two to one. Not to be engaged, confused with actively disengaged. Who will, will cost your company twice as much as what you're paying them. <laughs> For real. Exactly right. And they talk about that. Another one that's on the table is the five love languages of appreciation at the workplace. Oh, I didn't even see that oh, one yeah. up here. So for bi- for there. business and personal, if you've not, uh, you know, what, what the book's about is we tend to love people the way we like to be loved, right? Yeah. So the five love languages at home are acts of kindness, quality of time, physical touch, words of affirmation, and gifts, right? So if I want to show my wife that I love her, I'm going to, you know, tell her she looks hot and try to give her a massage, right? Uh, and I expect that in return, but she's a 
quality time and access service person. Right. So she's like, oh, you by doing that, you were thinking you were telling me you right, loved me. Right. Like, well, she, she instead, if I just do the dishes and, <laughs> and drink coffee right. with her, she'd be happy. So right. the same thing applies at work. There's five different love languages of uh, of appreciation of work that all leaders must re- must read, uh, along with the five dysfunctions of a team that by Patrick Lencioni. Um, the five dysfunctions of a team talk about, even uh, we talked about positional leadership issues, mm-hmm. talked about um, uh, gossip. They go through lots of dysfunctions of teams, mm-hmm. how to identify it and how to handle it, which is the bigger thing. Uh, and then I, I would this be- is a, This is great. And there's just, oh, it's, yep. you, can, you can really unpack this book. Absolutely. And then the last four, that, which just go to- uh, mindset for companies in general that I'll just list off really quickly or business books in general. Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. It sounds like a silly book. We all know what the idea is, but our industries are changing. The world is changing. If you expect business, like auto makers need to change the way they do business or they will be out of business. Uh, People using tech versus choosing to ignore it will eventually beat the people ignoring tech, right? So it's a good rem- reminder of you take care of the golden goose, but you always look for the next golden goose, right? Raving Fans is a business book that my business was built on, actually. The whole idea is find out what your clients are looking for, decide what you want, and deliver beyond their expectations. Give that plus one experience. Uh, what I love about the book is the whole concept is that Americans are used to average or below average service, um, we know that because people will tip even when you get bad service as a waitress. Like we feel bad for them, so we give them some money. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they're not ranting and raving and saying how great you are, your services are, your business is, mm-hmm. you're just like everybody else, which is a bad thought process. Yeah. I already referenced the Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, prepare for a textbook in 30 days of hell, but it'll, it will build a better business. And the last one that I wanted to reference. You didn't go through these yet. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So we'll be on this for, um, I don't know, episode part episode one, two, three, four, five, six, three, four, five. Yeah. Small giants would be the last one I'll talk about right now. Small giants is about building better businesses, not bigger businesses. Uh, when you, that. when you take care of the business at hand and take care of the clients at hand and make them feel like they're the only one, your business will get bigger by happenstance. I have not read that, but it's about getting better before you get bigger. I'm taking this home because it's so pretty. I want to keep that, please. That's so one of the most important books ever. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon so Hill. So pretty. I mean, look at it the pages. It is an old, old, old book, and it is a great book. It's got uh, the red. Andy Andrews, The Seven Decisions, another great mindset book. And oh, the yeah. Best, you were on this one for a long time, yeah. too. This is a great book. That was my favorite one of the previous year, so 2017. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Best Negotiation Book of All Time is Never Split the Difference mm-hmm. uh, by Chris Voss. Uh, what I love about this book is we think that good negotiations are, you want this, I want this, we'll meet in the middle, that's good negotiation. Well, Chris Voss was a hostage negotiator. So if you meet in the middle, yeah. half of the people will be dead, be dead yeah. right? So it basically teaches you how to get exactly what you want unapologetically. Yeah. And there's a real form and format to doing that. So Yes, I have this book. I haven't read it. And uh, Chris Voss also has a master class. If y'all have seen those on, um, they're advertised a lot on social media, but apparently oh, really? it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's all we got, girlfriend. Um, how that's can it? people ask questions? How can people get a hold of us? Awesome. Okay. So make sure you're liking, subscribing, telling your friends. Um, 
engage with us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to know more of. And you can do that uh, through any of our social media, but also uh, by emailing sigmundsense at gmail.com. Until next time. Peace. Bye-bye.